Welcome back to another episode of Stream of Thought. This is episode number 224. And how do we start things off? None other than my park observations. A couple things that I experienced looking at the basketball court and the baseball diamond. And a father who had some questionable, I guess you can say, strategies when it came to getting his baby down the hill. And then my weekend, oh my goodness, it's hard to put into words all the experiences that I had over the course of just two days anywhere from going to a house blessing party. What the heck is that? I explained to Victor. And then to a wedding where the rainbow shows up at the end. It's something you're going to have to listen to. So with that being said, episode number 224 of Stream of Thought, we hope you Enjoy. They took the hoops down, they took them back forward, and you, you were able to skate, and then they put them back up. And since then, everyone's back to playing basketball, and there's, like, nowhere to skate. So I've just become very keen on whenever people are playing. And every now and then, I'm just like, dang. This is a waste of a basketball court. I could be roller skating, but this group of guys are just, you know, throwing air ball after air ball. The ball is going out of bounds, traveling, just like it's like amateur hour. And I'm just like, oh, come on, guys, let's come on, get it together. And there's just nothing about throwing a ball into a hoop that excites me at all. I understand that there is uh, an ebb and a flow of a rhythm. Just like anything else. It's just like you see it go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you just kind of roll your eyes and just... Like like full full court? Like they're using both both ends of the court? Oh, okay. So, because I've, I've actually done that with Neil too. And even back when I was kind of a bit of an athlete, uh, I was probably one of those people who didn't know shit about basketball. And I'd be playing with Neil on the court with some of his buddies. And it'd be like, yeah, we're definitely wasting space right here because this is just not an enjoyable experience for me. And, and I, I mean, we all, I mean, Neil, Neil was decent as some of his friends were, but, uh, you know, there, there was a good portion of us who kind of sucked. It was just like, oh God, like, and there's other people who are waiting to use it. Yeah. And then there were, uh, next to the basketball court, there's a baseball diamond and, uh, I'm sitting on the bleachers because I'm, like, looking at my phone or I, I can't – I don't know what I'm doing. I'm doing something. I'm sitting nearby. And it's just, like, three people. One person is batting. One person is pitching. And there's actually, like, a couple people in the outfield. And there was a softball. So the person – they're just hanging out, playing around. So the person is throwing underhand pitches, right? And granted, you know, everyone has their strengths and their weaknesses. But this – this girl just could not throw a simple lob to the batter. And so you have the batter then. He does he does one of those where you are swinging, but you find yourself swinging the bat perpendicular to the ground. <laughs> almost almost yes. like he's got a sword and he's swinging <laughs> it up over his head as if he's coming down. And so I look at them and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And then I look over to this other side and I see this dad going down the, the dirt hill, like holding his stroller with a, with a child, like standing in it. 
And I'm like, okay, first of all, anytime you're going downhill with something, you always need to be uh, in between the bottom of the hill and whatever it is that you're trying to get down there, right? You don't want to, like, have it yank your arm out of the socket. you got to be on the other side so you can brace yourself. And he's going down, and his little, like, three- or four-year-old kid is, like, running in circles distracting him. So for a moment, I'm sitting there. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on at this park? But I look over to one side, and I see the baseball softball thing happening. And then I look over to my other side and I see the dad going down the hill with a stroller, like he's about to drop it, yelling at the kid. And on top of that, there's this dog that is running in and out of like the bushes because there's a squirrel there. And then there were, there were uh, a couple other squirrels. They made this sound. I hadn't heard that sound before. It sounded like a danger, danger sound. Like, they were warning the other squirrels, and I saw this other... The high chitter, like... Yeah. Or whatever, and I saw, yeah. saw one of them that was kind of, like, running around the tree, and then that uh, abrupt, just danger, danger squirrel sound, he stopped, and then you his body language completely changed, and he went from kind of, like, a, uh, as if almost he was afraid or uncertain, and then another tree and another... Or another squirrel and another tree kind of comes out and is kind of checking things. It was just so bizarre. It was so bizarre for, like, five minutes. Where it seems like chaos everywhere, or just, like, unusual things happening everywhere. It's like, I don't know, did I enter into an alternative reality yeah. or something? Yeah. Like, this, uh, no, none of this makes sense. None of this computes. Yeah, I'm the only person that is witnessing all of these things happen at the same time. I don't, it was just so, it was just so odd. It was very comical, though. But what have you been up to? So kind of on that on that note, uh, and this is something I'll, I'll, I'll lead into this, but uh, in regards to weird behavior of both humans and animals, uh, I was on a car ride with a couple of other clergy members. It was an animal blessing in Pennsylvania, and so we were following behind some of the clergy, and they, they uh, Father Sean was bringing his dog. So you know how dogs normally put their head out of the window to get air and stuff like that? This dog had half of his body hanging out of the car. Fuck. I've never seen something like that. Like both, both, both um, front paws were like totally, entirely over the window, <laughs> and I'm like, and it was, it was like a good, I'd say, nearly half of his body was outside of the car as they were driving like 45 miles an hour. I'm thinking to myself, dude, what is going on right now? This right. is, I, I've, I've never seen something like that. I was like, oh my god. Like, oh my god, like, if they have to come to, like, an abrupt st stop or whatever, like, that dog has enough leverage on the outside of the car to, like, flip him outside. And I'm like, ah, I don't know, like, I don't know how you train a dog to, like, not do that, but it just, that freaked me the hell out. I was just, because we were following right behind them. Right. And, and it's, it's a pretty fast road. Just, dude, I, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen something like that. It was, it was surreal. I've maybe seen it once or twice, but the the dog wasn't, like, hanging out of the car. It just had its two paws up on the window, but it wasn't, like, protruding out of the vehicle. But I do see uh, somewhat often, and this is literally a pet peeve of mine. I just, I can't stand it, is when people are driving, and they're driving, and they have their little dog on their lap. Like, they're driving the vehicle, and you can see the dog is, like, just hanging out with, like, hanging out with them. 
Oh God, no! That's that's so unsafe. Well, it's like it's like uh, people who what like are painting their nails or like shaving like while they're driving right, or something yeah, like that. I mean, that's equally as dangerous. Yeah, like, dude, don't don't have a creature in your lap while you have to like navigate the roads. That's just irresponsible. But also, since coming out to LA, I've told you how I just my tolerance for little tiny dogs is just very low i just don't really they're because you see them everywhere it's like fuck enough of these little tiny toy dogs all over the fucking place oh little baby little baby chihuahuas yeah. little little hot dogs yeah so tell me about this wedding with the uh with the magnificent view of the photo that you sent me so i sent you a photo okay so let me i'm i'm gonna back up this was the i mean this entire week has been kind of uh a little surreal i've experienced so many like crazy things uh i normally you know will will call my mom while i'm out here you know twice a week or whatever i think i had to call her three times within four days just because there were so many crazy weird things that happened and so the the culmination started on saturday where we ended up going to like south jersey so we had to travel about two hours to go to a confirmation uh it was a house confirmation that all went well uh it's only the second um house confirmation that i've been to wonderful experience and all that but then immediately afterwards there was in pennsylvania father sean has a church in philadelphia and wanted us has been wanting us for a while father joe and i to go and just worship at his church and so we're like, okay, well, we're kind of, you know, we're about an hour, hour and a half away. So, uh, and the timing worked out, ended up making the trip from Jersey to Philadelphia and we got there and, but we ended up getting there about two hours before, two and a half hours before the service. So Father Sean invited us to his new house, bro. I, you know, you and I living in Glen Ellen, we have seen some magnificent houses, some gorgeous mansions and i'm sure you living in la have seen some incredible like pieces of real estate and in jersey it's kind of the same thing too where it's closed off i have never in my life seen a house as magnificent as this four acres four-story building seven bedroom four bathroom plus like another like seven or eight rooms in the house a guest house, this massive pool complex, and then all like a, a bocce court in the back, and all of all, like it it blew my mind. I I was trying to like comprehend what it was that I was seeing because Father Sean, in addition to being a, a priest, which he does part time, is a public school teacher, and his partner is also a teacher. This property was something that I don't think. I, I mean, I I guarantee you anybody, like, in the burbs of Glen Ellen who saw this would be like, we'd never be able to afford this. Uh, it was insane. And then you walk inside. And, you know, uh, Sean and his partner, you know, very, very um, artistic, you know, gay couple, uh, very artistic. And so every single room had its own theme. And so each room was painted in accordance with the theme that the room was. So one was like ancient you know ancient history one was because it's in philadelphia um like the revolutionary war room there was a, a room that was apparently for fun they do legos so there was this this whole like tapestry of these intricate lego things in glass cases that they had built over the course of the years 
uh, and it was it was something that and this was a house that had been here for hundreds of years uh, and because of the pandemic the the owners this was actually their vacation home and so they were selling it on the cheap bro and so uh, because the timing was right they were able to like refinance and do stuff to be able to to get in there and just redecorated everything and so you know the you know the oh my god how to describe it so the the front floor just everything was kind of uh philadelphia like 1776 revolutionary war like independence type um memorabilia and stuff like that you go into the kitchen it is it is decorated with this like oak wood board thing on one side and everything else is like stainless steel marble all this stuff then for a gay couple and by the way like i i did not know this about them super huge like philadelphia sports fans you go down and they have a man cave bro they have a man cave with everything that you could possibly want outside of a bar you know they got the pool table they got the video games they got the the massive big screen tvs all this stuff uh laid out couches all over the place all this stuff and then you know um the second floor or the third floor i guess is you know all the the living quarters and stuff like that and then finally as we go up to the fourth floor they're like oh yeah this used to be you know back in the old days this used to be the servants quarters and all of those rooms were just absolutely massive and i'm you know every every floor that we went my my job like i'm normally not somebody who is super impressed by this sort of stuff just seeing a lot of extravagance in my life up to this point i my jaw was i and literally i i was just my jaw was open i i didn't even know what to make of this i this was not something that i expected and just witnessing like how well they put all of this together and the thing is they didn't hire anyone to do it they did it themselves and because of the pandemic and both being teachers they were working from home so every time they had a break between classes they just go around and do the work themselves it's like oh my god i have never in my life their their guest house would be the kind of house that i'd be like oh yeah no this would be comfortable living in uh, like it was that kind of experience and so yeah, I don't know. I it, it it was an experience beyond anything that I thought that I could possibly imagine. It was crazy. It was genuinely crazy. I've been in some houses that I that are pretty nice. I don't think I've ever been in a mansion, and uh, I don't think I've been in any yeah like any mansion or any type of home where I'm just like. Holy shit. I always just see things from the outside. I can't even right like I mean we there's probably some people I mean you and I can can list off probably a handful of people from our town that grew up in big ass fucking houses that look pretty nice and it's cool and everything but like it sounds like what you're describing top tier homes in Glen Ellen are you know not even halfway up the totem pole compared to what you walked into. Dude, that is like they they pale in comparison. There like there is no way to to compare the stuff that we grew up in Glen Ellen with what I experienced there. Right. Which was what what was so shocking to me because I was like I thought I'd seen everything. Yeah. And then for people who don't come from like wealthy means or anything like that to be able to do that. I mean, granted it is kind of in, you know, 
relatively um, far away kind of area from Philadelphia. So, I, I mean, I guess real estate's a little different there. But dude, it was it was it was surreal. Like I was like, what the what the actual dude? It hell? is insane how much you can get for what you pay, depending on what part of the country you live in. I remember when I was doing mortgages right after college. You know, you're asking the questions, you're asking about the home, bedrooms and baths, and you know where they are and everything, what part of the country for the most part, and, you know, how, approximately how much is the home and everything. Like, for example, I would say easily just like a regular house in Glen Ellen, DuPage County, your, just your average house, let's call it a three or four bedrooms with like two bath or something like that. I wouldn't say it's anything less than six hundred or seven hundred thousand dollars. Easily, easily three quarters of a million dollars. And yeah, it's a nice house, but also in Glen Allen, DuPage County, like your average house is pretty fucking nice. But you do these mortgages, right? And some people are telling you, you know, oh yeah, I, I bought this house, whatever, yada yada yada, two hundred thousand dollars. I'm like. Uh, I'm sorry, say it again. Yeah, yeah. You know, four bedroom, three bath, $200,000. Uh, where the fuck are you living again? Middle of nowhere, Kentucky or Indiana. Okay, that makes sense. Right? <laughs> like, but out here too, I was looking at houses in Santa Monica just for shits and giggles. Not even on the beach. Not even on the beach. Like a three bedroom or two bedroom house, $5 million. Three and a half million dollars, and and these are small houses. These are a lot smaller than your regular three or two bedroom house, like in the Midwest. That was one of those things too, because like uh, Joe and I were just curious. We we didn't want to pry too much about like you know how much they paid for it and stuff like that. But basically, they said the like after they moved in and did the renovations, the value doubled or whatever. And so Joe, out of his curiosity, went on to Zillow to like see what it was, and they only had an updated price from I think it was like 2019 or something like that. So like right before the pandemic started, and it was it was something like it was at uh, 350 for this like four acre mansion, dude. Yeah. I I couldn't believe it. Like I genuinely could not believe it. And so I'm I'm guessing that that's probably because uh, he had uh, he was looking at like the the history of like when it had gone up and down, like up for listing and then taken down for listing. It had gone up and down for listing for like four or five different times over the course of the past two years. So the the owners wanted to get rid of it, and I guess you know, um, I the timing worked out, but, but were it, they in it made rural? no. So you said philly but they're not in like suburb philly they're out like philadelphia is like the closest city and they're out in rural america is this what uh, this is, no it's not i mean it it's uh it's kind of oh gosh it's like when you get out into the semi-rural suburbs where it's like there's stuff around there's right. Places you can around. easily There's... identify that it's farther. It's still suburb, but it's about as far as away from the city as you can get before it becomes rural. Yeah, and and like for example, there's maybe one restaurant within a ten mile radius. That that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, there's like a you know a, a couple of storefronts and stuff like that for basic stuff. There's no, there's no Walgreens or no like Walmart and stuff like that. So yeah, it's still you know it, it's within that 
that vicinity a, a bit. But I was like, are you, like, I just... And, but, you know, granted, too, they they were also, like, super savers. So, you know, they, they had been waiting for the, the right property. And um, Father Sean's partner had, real, like, really wanted this for a while. And it just turned out that the price dropped low enough that they were able to underbid it. So I think they only ended up doing, like, 300 grand for for this property which the the masonry it, it's a stone masonry too like it's an it's an it's a pretty old house um i couldn't i couldn't fathom it uh it was something that i was <laughs> like i feel very privileged just to even like walk through this space because the number of rooms that we ended up going through the tour that sean took us on took probably a good half an hour to get through all the different rooms it was nuts absolutely nuts I definitely, uh, I've never been inside of like a this monster of a monster mansion, but I definitely have been inside houses where it's out, you know, especially when I was living in Indiana, where uh, it's like not in a part of the country that's super expensive, like a major city. I mean, Indianapolis is a major city, but it's Indiana. Everything there is so much cheaper. But like you go to some of these houses, and they, on the outside, they look like a regular regular house and then on the inside they got the nicest shit and it's like a regular house that's regular on the outside and super fucking nice on the inside super nice and it's like yep location 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 this person location 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 man normal to well-paying job and their just cost of living is super freaking low and and then that they have the the time and energy to be able to like renovate it either themselves or find like a a really you know economic way to be able to renovate the interior because bro it was I mean it was it was both modern but also uh, respected the historical elements of of the house like it was it was crazy how they fused both of that and it's like that is, that is an artistic thing that i think only my parents could kind of appreciate but i'm i'm looking at this and just i i'm stunned i'm i'm speechless i'm i genuinely speechless craziest thing ever okay so you go to the giant mansion outside of philly and then what happens next so we end up being there and the reason why they wanted us over there was for a house blessing and that's something i guess that happens um I've never done a house blessing before. I've never seen a house blessing before. And Sean was planning on after... So we end up getting there at like 2.30 in in the afternoon. And the service is until 5.30. And then he wants to go to dinner afterwards at like 7 o'clock. And then do the house blessing at 8. It's a two-hour commute from where we are back to Jersey. So we wouldn't be getting back until like 11 o'clock at night. And then church service in the morning... So, because we got there so early, Joe's like, well, I suggested to Joe, uh, let's do, let's just do the house blessing beforehand. You know, he had this whole, like, script written out where all these people would say all these different things, and Joe's like, oh, that's not really necessary. You know, a house blessing is supposed to be kind of sacred, and, you know, it, it doesn't need to be scripted, and so... Uh, basically, we did we did the house blessing right before we ended up heading to the church. Got to the church, did the animal blessing, and uh, at at the at the church, the, we had we had six clergy member there, and then six people in the congregation, and one pet, which was Sean and his partners. 
Um, so it was significantly smaller. Granted, it was a really stormy and bad day. But, uh, yeah, that was – it was – Wait, uh, so you guys drove from where you are to near Philly just for an animal blessing? And a house blessing. Joe, Joe did the house blessing right before we left. What's and then an animal blessing? Up... Like someone got a pet or it was – someone's pet was sick or walk me through this. I've never heard of that oh, before. Oh, so actually an animal blessing is common both in Catholic and Protestant traditions – so it's a service where normally it's on the day of um, St. Francis of Assisi, who's the the patron saint of animals. And so uh, normally, even Protestants will do this, where you, you bring your pets to church, and whether it's in, normally it's outside, just because, you know, animals can shit and piss everywhere, so you don't, don't want them actually in the church. Um, but the they'll they'll do a service and give a sermon based on love of animals how animals are such an important part of our lives companions and compatriots and then afterwards towards the end of the service um the preacher priest minister will do a blessing over the animals and um you know maybe sprinkle a little holy water on them or something like that and just give them a blessing it, it's actually a pretty common thing uh lillian lillian daniel has uh has done that so many times. She's probably done over a dozen animal blessings uh, in in various congregations. She did it back in Glen Ellen. She does it in Iowa now. So, yeah, it's it's actually a pretty common practice. So I'd never I'd never actually seen one like in person. So I was kind of curious to see what that would look like. That's cool. You'd you'd never heard of an animal blessing. I've never though? heard of that. Yeah, I don't think I've even heard of a house blessing. House blessing that was that was new to me too. I I was not I was not familiar with that. But animal blessings are actually pretty common. So that was it was good. Um, yeah, there I mean there was only one dog there. So uh, one dog pretty, pretty and six clergy and an additional six members of the church. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was it was you know. Uh, Were there supposed to be more animals, or everyone showed up for this one dog? People, pe- no, uh, people, I think it was both because there was a massive storm that was coming through. So I think that kind of kept people away a little bit. But also, I think people were nervous about, we actually heard from a couple of parishioners, they didn't want to bring their dogs because their dogs would get very excited around other dogs. And, you know, you don't really want to have dogs humping in the middle of the church on right. kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's always... It's always interesting. I know uh, Lillian's told me about a couple of the animal blessings where some somebody brought their horse to the church. To the church, somebody somebody's brought. I, I think it was what a goat or a llama or something like that. So like all sort like if they had some chickens or so, yeah or, or like you know a pet ferret or something like that. So it can, it can get pretty crazy and exotic, but. Um, I yeah I think I think it was and and the fact too that it was two weeks after the animal blessing Sunday had actually taken place this was kind of a makeup thing and it was on a Saturday evening in the midst of storm so yeah yeah <laughs> so but yeah we were able to get back and then then comes Sunday 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 uh, we have we have our church service. Um, which actually goes kind of well. We're we're back at the big like St. Matthew's Church, so we have uh, you know thirty five, forty congregants there. One like pretty pretty solid attendance for still COVID times stuff like that. 
a lot of wedding couples. I had one of my wedding couples there. That was nice. I got a chance to talk with them afterwards. And then immediately after that, uh, Joe had a wedding in Brooklyn. So we had to cross from New Jersey into Brooklyn, which was kind of, he did not want to do this at all. Uh, it was a, a wedding couple that, you know, he kind of only knew peripherally. So he's like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll just have you and you and Zachary, uh, you and brother Zachary go and do this wedding and I'll, I'll just go back home or something like that. And I'm just like, eh, no, you should probably do this. I'm sure it'll be fine. And he's looking at the place. I was like, oh, okay. You know, it, because what they had said, it, it was going to be a house wedding. It wasn't going to be in a church or anything like that. It was going to be at the apartment complex where they were living. So, uh, Wait, thankfully what? at their apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in the courtyard or something? No, on the balcony. But we thought it was going to be in the, in their actual apartment. They didn't specify where in their apartment it was going to be. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. Okay, so... Yeah. Okay, so... Their venue... You were under the impression the venue was their actual apartment unit. Right, because but, they had moved it, moved it a couple of times, and after a certain period of time, yeah. They got married on their balcony, or was there a public space somewhere in the complex where people could gather, like a courtyard, or what is going on? So we did not know what was going on. What Joe was telling me is that he thought it would just be in their in their apartment, and that, you know, there'd be a balcony that we'd go out and do the ceremony on. And How big of so, a balcony do you? Uh, whatever, keep going. Keep no, well, no, right? no. Like, well, and and that's the thing is that like a lot a lot of times when it comes to these weddings, we don't know what we're walking into. If it's a, if it's a if what what we call a house wedding, um, we don't know what the the setup is going to look like. And so we end up getting into Brooklyn, and there's this apartment, and it's. It's kind of a, it's an interesting area. Um, there's this whole, there's this wall that's like posted in graffiti that's like attached to the building and stuff like that. Then we round the corner. There's a police precinct literally right next to the apartment complex. And we're looking up and it's, you know, there, there, it's a, it's a multi-tiered thing where you go up, you know, maybe 15 stories. And then there's a, there's an over, overlooking balcony, like a, a public access balcony and then there, it looks like there's one up way on top. So we don't know what we're walking into. We end up walking into the lobby, and it's a very nice lobby. Uh, they they have, like, um, I don't know, not security guards, but, like, people who are there to, like, make sure that the right people are walking yeah, into the Yeah, security guards, bouncers. Uh, uh, sure, yeah, 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 fair enough. And so we walk, we walk in, go, go up to the desk and say, oh, we're here, we're here for this wedding. I was like, oh, of course. Yes. Uh, go up to the 33rd floor, which was the top floor of the building. So we get into the elevator, go all the way up. And (laughs) Joe's like, oh, I thought this was going to be in their apartment. Turns out it was in this expansive, uh, balcony space. I'll have to send you some photos afterwards. And this is a different wedding than the other one where you had vodka and pate? Uh, th- this is different, yes. This is the one wow. where I sent you the photos from. So this is now the second wedding that you go to where they have their own security and bouncers and everything and everything's all that. And now you're at this new spot just living the life. As soon as we exited the elevators, 
it opens up to this extravagant, like, it's a public, like, it was reserved for the wedding or whatever, but it was just, oh my god, it was, the view overlooked all of both Manhattan and New Jersey, you could see everything, I took, I took a couple, I took both video and, like, a panoramic shot of the entire Wow. Uh, thing like it's it's enclosed in glass but you can walk out to the balcony where the wind is whipping because you're so high up and you're just overlooking everything and this is when the sun is setting too and you've got the residual storm clouds and stuff like that that are passing over so you can see like literally 50 miles away rain coming down from a cloud right. with sunshine beams coming directly behind it and it was just the most incredible thing and so this couple um one of them is a, a clerk for a, a federal judge i believe and the other one is going to become uh, i think it's a, a neurologist she's finishing up uh, her her phd to to go into neurology okay and we're we're there and the the bride's parents are from india and so because of COVID restrictions, they couldn't travel there for the wedding. And okay. this was like a super uh, like personal thing. It, there was probably only 15 people there, like close friends and family, stuff like that. And so the, the parents zoomed in from, like uh, Skyped in from India, and it was like 3 o'clock in the morning at their time. Fuck. And they show up in tuxes and dresses on the zoom call through the zoom wow through the zoom that's awesome and bro it was the most like okay honestly in all sincerity i don't think that i have ever shed a tear at one of these weddings it was both father joe and the situation that this couple had gone through to like make this happen like i like i just kept having this like little like line of tears like just coming down one side of my face so i was just like oh this is so inappropriate or whatever but there was not a single dry face in the entire crowd that was there who was witnessing this i mean like even because uh afterwards they said uh i think the groom's brother or whatever it's like no he never cries and like he had like a ball of tissues like next to him he just couldn't stop crying. like how many people were at the wedding it, uh, it was it was probably only about 15, 15, 20 at the most. Um, like, super small gathering. Very intimate. And Joe, he nailed it. I mean, he did such... Like, I... I I felt like I learned a lot just watching him be like able... Like Michael Jordan taking off from the free throw line. Air Jordan. Slam dunk in that motherfucker. It was perfection like it was it was something that i have never experienced before like the fact that i was tearing up i've never done that before and uh and so the the wedding just went off be absolutely beautifully they had this uh ring warming ceremony so they passed the ring around the um all the people who were there to like give their own personal blessings to it which was such right. a beautiful thing and then Joe held up the rings before the the Zoom camera to the parents overseas and said, "Give your blessings as well." It was like, it was so powerful. It was just, I mean, it wow. was beyond anything that. Uh, and and I thought I was speechless going to that mansion, bro. I was even more speechless watching this ceremony.
So what made you, what was it exactly that had everyone, I mean, obviously everyone, you know, everyone, the 15 people that are there, they're teary-eyed because they know it's, you know, the 15 closest people to them. But then what was it about your experience that caused you to just be totally speechless and in the moment and just totally blown away? Was it just a culmination of everything that you've done career-wise up until this point or was it something that special father joe did or was it knowing the background was it a little bit of everything what exactly made this particular wedding so special i think ultimately it was the vulnerability that the bride and the groom showed and the fact that joe embraced that and like you know kind of utilized that that vulnerability because these are people like the, the both the bride and the groom i mean you know being, being a lawyer for a, a judge, you know, you, you got to be hard and stuff like that. And so when I'd met them before in Zoom calls, in the in the prep meetings, you know, always very, always very level-headed, always very even. But then they read their own vows. And both of them um, couldn't stop, like, choking back the emotion as they were reading it. And Joe, I mean, Joe accommodated that to to a level that I don't think I'd ever seen. Like he met them where they were and in a way that I'd never seen before. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, it reminded me, I guess, of what it is that I, I look for in life is, um, the opportunity when it comes to a special moment like this, like I felt the power in this moment, both of these people are going to be very influential people in the future. And they allow that vulnerability to just come forward and, and, exist in that moment and i i was thinking to myself this is special like i i don't know i don't know precisely what it was but i felt this is a moment that is very very special and i think that kind of when you when you come to that point it's like i'm experiencing something powerful like really fucking intense when it comes to that um that that's kind of where i found myself because it was it, it was wild man it was wild that's not the end of the story though <laughs> keep going i can't believe how much information we're getting from you just the last several days of what you've experienced i thought that was gonna be it i was about ready to say well here we are at you know 40 minutes on this episode of stream of thought keep oh going my God. We're, what we're already at 40 if you minutes, need to continue crap. it we can how much no, energy no, do you have I'm, I'm like just just even recounting the story gives me energy it, it's such it, it was such a cool experience because after the wedding is done, uh, they don't they don't have a reception or anything like that. They have like some you know bread and cheese and stuff like that. We hadn't eaten all day, so we, you know we had lunch on that. And then Joe said, "Oh, let's let's go outside to the balcony where you know we exit through the glass doors, and it, there there's a balcony that surrounds the enclosure that we were in, right? So no wind was where we were, but you could go outside where the wind was whipping all around." And Joe just wanted to get another picture. And that was the photo that I had sent you, uh, where we looked out, and all of a sudden, the biggest rainbow, literally, that I have ever seen in my life, formed right in front of us. And so Joe, uh, being Joe, knocks on the window as the couple is, you know, doing their final photos. And he's like, like, look rainbow 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 and and so everyone came out and they took more photos there so that you know that's when joe and i were able to, to get our photo together and then towards the end of it 
a second rainbow, a mirage rainbow, formed right next to it. A double fucking rainbow, man. A double rainbow over New York City. Literally at the perfect spot. I... I don't know. I mean, I've, I, I was awestruck. I, I'm still processing right now. Like that was a genuine spiritual experience that man, I, I do not think that, uh, could be replicated in any conceivable way. It, it blew my mind and it's still blown my mind to this day. I'm glad I was able to talk with you about that. You know, after I got back, I was talking with my mom and trying to like express all of the emotions that I was feeling. I'm still feeling those emotions right now. Dude, it was an experience. Yeah, you've got some cool stories. That's pretty neat that you're out there doing that. I feel the same a little bit like when I would be doing DoorDash or like Amazon or something. And you you go up to some of these people's houses or apartment complexes and you're just like, holy shit. This looks absolutely amazing. Like some apartment complexes, because it's like in California, a lot of them, you know, have an open courtyard and everything and the sun is shining down and so i remember one that i went to like they had this huge courtyard with a bunch of just tables and grills and like little areas off to the side and it was just like really really nice and then there was another one that i was doing when i was doing like doordash like similar thing like going through the courtyard was almost like a maze but the courtyard felt – different parts of the courtyard felt like a living room because they had public spaces where there was a couch and then there's a public space that it, it, it feels like a reading room or a living room with the decor and the furniture. But it's a, it's a public space. I'm like, damn, this spot looks pretty fucking cool too. And it's kind of nice when you can get a taste of what some of the finer things are in life. I, you know, I, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, you get a taste, you get to look, but you can't taste. Well, and that's, and that I will say that that is kind of one of my guilty pleasures about doing ministry in some very high class locations is that I do get to get a taste. Like I actually, you know, like whether, whether it's the cuisine or whether it's the the view. And I, I will say, the scenic, the scenic overlook. I don't know if you remember that that scene right before the final batter, battle in Avengers Endgame, where it just shows this vista of the, this multicolored sky where it's darkness, light, sun shining down, rain coming down in other places. Um, it, it was everything. It was. It was. I mean, it felt like I was in a movie. It was, it was the craziest thing. So yeah, and and all and all I was is just. A, a witness like I was I was just you know there to assist Father Joe and that's that was my that was my responsibility it was like oh my god I get to experience that this is so fucking cool <sighs> yeah <laughs> good for no I, I like hearing about these things it's fun <laughs> no it's yeah you know you got you got to have fun every once in a while, and and it's been a while actually since I've had like a really unique experience, and the fact that I had um, so many in just a couple of days, and I I didn't even get through like half of the other stuff that's right. going on in the week, which we'll we'll follow up on a, a we'll get to it on the next episode. one. Yeah, totally. We'll get to it at two twenty five as we wrap up this episode of Stream of Thought, episode number two hundred and twenty four. Until next time.
Until next time.